Baseball 365 Podcast. And here are your hosts, Justin Hughes and Andrew McQuiston. We are here. It's the final preseason podcast. And it's the big one, Andrew. It's the preseason predictions podcast. Are you excited? Oh, yeah. Yeah, I've been waiting for this one for a while. Yeah, you have been excited about this. I've heard you talking about this for at least a few weeks or even a month now about some of your predictions you're looking forward to saying on the podcast. So it's time for it. Yeah, yeah, it'll be fun. And also at the end of the show, I have a real neat story to tell of something I learned today. It's a real cool story of what a team is trying to do to counter some of these new rules that Major League Baseball has put in place. All right, before we get started, I got a couple things I want to bring up. And Andrew, you followed through on what you said. And a couple weeks ago, you might do. And I hear you're getting in one more league and draft tomorrow night. Yep, one more tomorrow night. We'll uh, we'll see how it goes. There's a few guys I still need a uh, share of that I don't have. So <laughs> maybe, maybe, maybe I'll get it tomorrow. We'll see. The true reason why you're not in. Um, you're going to take like Andrew McCutcheon or whoever that is in the first round. <laughs> there, yeah. I have my share. <laughs> yeah. Okay, well, I have a fun game for us to get started off with. I saw something on Facebook I found interesting, so I thought I'd bring it here for us to discuss. I saw MLB on Fox share a picture of all the teams that have never won a World Series, and they were asking who had their best chance of getting their first this year, changing it a little bit. And I told you, Andrew, to pick your top three that's most likely to win the World Series in the next five years. And here are the teams. Colorado Rockies, the Milwaukee Brewers, Texas Rangers, San Diego Padres, Seattle Mariners, Washington Nationals, and Tampa Bay Rays. A bunch of interesting teams there. So who would your top three be, Andrew? Uh, my top three would be the, I had the Brewers one uh, just because they were close last year. So and you know they, they just have a good team right now. And the Nats, the Nat, them and the Nats were kind of close. They were kind of like my one two. And then uh, I thought about the Rays and the Rockies a little bit, but I went with the Padres as my third. I just think that uh, I think in a best case scenario, when they like when these teams all peak, like you could argue that the Rockies kind of already have, um, or at least they're close. Yeah. And then so it's then it's kind of the Rays or the Padres, because I think we can all kind of agree that the Rangers and Mariners are nowhere close. So, yeah, Padres are uh, I just think their peak is the highest of the three. So I'm, I went with them. Well, Andrew, I had the same three teams, but in a different order, I went with the Nats number one, which is funny to say with Bryce Harper, no longer there, but if you've got a healthy Scherzer, Strasburg and Patrick Corbin in October, I think you're as good as any team in the national league, even without Harper, they still have so much offense there and their team is still built to win now. And with Victor Robles, he could fill those shoes. I put them one. I went with the Padres, too. Now that with the newest news that we'll be talking about with Tatis coming up and their farm system being lo so loaded, I just have a feeling that they're going to have a real nice run starting here real soon. 
And then I picked the Brewers third. They're close now also, but I'm also not going to be shocked if I see them fall back this year. Their starting pitching is young, and they have some exciting young starters, but I could see it still going wrong for them and them finishing third in the division and not making the playoffs. And I don't know. Maybe, I should, maybe I'm underselling them. Maybe a bunch of Brewers fans are going to be sending me hate tweets, but <laughs> I'm picking them third. And Tampa's interesting. I wanted to put Tampa in there because they have so much talent, but they're in the same division as the Yankees and Red Sox, and that's just yeah. a tough hill to overcome. With t- Toronto also coming up, Tampa's good, but I'll, I'll believe when I see it. They don't spend the money, and it's I just mm-hmm. don't see. It. I don't see it. Yep, agreed. All right, we're not going to spend much time there, and we're going to get moving on because we have a lot to discuss. And before we get even into these predictions, there's two big call ups that happened earlier today that we need to talk about. Eloy Jimenez has been called up. And that one's not a big shock. I think we had heard rumblings about it. So I guess we really we don't have to spend much time on that one. Andrew, do you have anything you want to add that we haven't discussed before? No, not really. I'm not too surprised once they signed him to the extension or whatever. It makes sense. I'm glad for baseball's sake that that's happening. It's good yeah. for baseball when these kids are up. And the big shock that broke tonight was that Fernando Tatis Jr. with the Padres who has some 88 games in double-A under him so far in 2018. I guess 102, counting 2017. And he's going to make his Major League debut on Thursday on opening day. I mean, shocker. Yeah, it's pretty wild. I tell you, man, when we're like going through this stuff in the preseason, it's it's always like in the back of my mind that that's, it is a possibility. And you don't see it a lot. And I, I, I I wouldn't say I was expecting it, but I do remember thinking, I believe I mentioned it when the man with the Manny signing, it's just one aggressive move leads to another. I don't know. I don't think I'm quite as shocked as everybody seems like they are, but I'm still shocked. I mean, it is, it is pretty crazy that it's actually going to be opening day. It's pretty nuts. Imagine this. Imagine Vlad Guerrero Jr. Never pulled his oblique muscle. And he was still getting set down to start the year. And Fernando Tatis Jr. is up opening day. Imagine the uproar that would have happened. Yeah. (laughs) But anyway, Andrew, you do have a draft tomorrow. What do you think the feeling in that draft room is going to be on Tatis? I know you're not, you're only you and you're not thinking for everybody else, but this obviously moves him up. And a good question is, how far is this going to move him up? Uh, I think it's going to move him up a lot. I don't know exactly. It's it's one of those things I'm still, like I was saying to you right before we started, I'm still kind of processing it. It literally just broke about an hour, hour and a half ago. I mean, it wasn't that long ago. So I'm still kind of processing it. I will say that if, if I had him in a redraft league where there was trading, I would probably try and trade him immediately Uh, just because I think that with the excitement at this exact moment, you would get a King's ransom. And I'm not sure if he's going to completely crush it out of the gate in like the, the first season or the beginning of the first season. So I would definitely consider that long term. I still think he's going to be awesome and I'm happy for baseball. Like I'm happy that, 
they're doing this and all that. It's good. It's good for baseball for sure. But as far as redraft league this year, his highest value might be right this minute. I mean, so um, I would just kind of keep my expectations in check a little bit. But yeah, as far as the draft goes tomorrow, I probably won't get him. I am very curious to see where he'll go, though. It's kind of going to be one of those things that since there's no drafts that have had this news really up until this point, you don't have anything to go off of. So it's just kind of going to be like a I'm going to eyeball it thing and pick him when it feels right. And I have a feeling he'll go higher than I would take him. But I will post in the group where he went after he's picked in my draft because I'm curious myself. That's the Baseball 365 Facebook group for all you listening who may not be in the group yet. Yeah, I should have said that. (laughs) That's okay. I think I'm with you on the whole selling him right now. To be clear, in a redraft league. I'm not not talking about Dynasty. Yeah, I'm not. Dynasty is a different animal. Completely agree. He's had 102 games in AA and... In the little, very brief sample size in 2017, he had a 29.8% K rate and a 3% walk rate, but that's so small. Okay, but it was still 27.5% in 2018 in 88 games, and his walk rate was much better at 8%. I just get nervous taking guys who strike out that high of a percentage of time until I see some data showing that, okay, this could be okay. Like, Aaron Judge still strikes out a high rate, and... I've gotten to the point where I see his hard hit rate and where he plays. It, all those factors come in and the lineup around him to where I'm okay taking him where he goes, but I'm going to be missing out on that boat. If Even if I was going into a draft, I don't think I'd feel great about it. And I'd, That's one I'm okay missing out on. And if I'm wrong, I'm wrong. I hope I'm wrong because baseball is exciting when young hitters like this are hitting well enough to make an all-star team or something like that. That's great for the game. It brings excitement. Yep. Yeah, we'll see. Okay, Andrew, we're going to move into some regular season winners for the divisions. And we're going to just start right off with the AL East. Who do you have winning the East this year? I'm going with the New York Yankees as the AL East champions for 2019. That's interesting. And I know some people are going that route. Their bullpen is so nasty. They have so many arms to where it's kind of like the Brewers last year in terms of if it, you don't want to get into that bullpen because Brewers had Hader and Knievel and the Yankees have so much more with, than that with, let's see, I, I, I know I'm forgetting somebody. They got Batances, Britton, Chapman. Adovino. Ottavino, that was the other free agent signing this offseason. Yeah. That's just a stupid amount of riches there in the in, in the pen. Yeah. But, no disrespect to Boston. I, I think they're great, too. I just think the Yankees are going to mash, totally mash this year. You're not going to disrespect either team picking them because they're both great teams. Yeah. And I'm going Boston. I'm just going with that lineup being so good, and I, I like their starters better. But the bullpen is a much different story, and it could get ugly for Boston. That's yeah, their, that's their problem. Yeah, I worry about that with them, but they're still great, obviously. Yep. Moving into the AL Central, I am going with the easy answer here, also, and I'm going with the Indians. Are you 
stepping out on a limb, or are you still going with them too? Is this like the easiest division to pick ever? These other teams, even if you like, are a little down on the Indians compared to the past couple of years, and rightfully so, they're a little banged up. Their lineup looks a little, you know, not as strong right at the moment, but their pitching's insane. The division's terrible. This is no brainer. I can't imagine picking any other team in that division. And there are some people I've seen try taking the Twins or trying oh to take the White Sox, but I don't think I could do it either. But I also wouldn't be shocked if those two teams were in it because the Indians have stumbled the last few years, and those team, some teams have hung around. But I'm with you. It's the Indians. Yeah, just on pitching alone. Yes. I remember you listing off their five starters a couple weeks ago on the podcast, and it's just stupid what they have. Yeah, yeah. All right, the AL West, Andrew, who do you have? Uh, Houston. I think it's pretty easy, but, yeah, I'm going. not Maybe not quite as easy as the, uh, the Central, but, yeah, Houston's great. I think they're winning the West. So you think they're going to be able to make up this two-game deficit they have for the Mariners <laughs> right now? <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I think there's enough time. <laughs> Like so maybe by Sunday. Sunday. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. Uh, I've got the Astros also. I think they are clearly the best team in that division. Oakland had a, everything going right for them last year. It's hard for me to see them having as good of a year, especially with the Lazardo injury. Just so everybody knows that's listening to this, Justin and I have not talked about any of these. We don't know each other's picks at all. So... We're hearing, I'm hearing his and he's hearing mine for the first time, just like you are. So we kind of wanted it to be that way. And that's how we're doing it. Yep. I usually, I said to Andrew, all the notes, the show notes, and it has everything in there, including I make my own little notes of things I want to talk about this time around. We sent it with just topics and left them empty. That way we yeah. can react here. Yep. All right. The wild cards. How about we do one at a time here? Who is your first wild card team? Uh, I've got Boston as my first wild card. Easy enough, and I've got the Yankees. Yeah, so, so we're, we're just, just getting first. the other one in there. This one's the trickier one because I think there's more routes you can go with that second wild card. Yeah, it's definitely trickier. I've got Tampa Bay. Oh, so do I. But um. Yeah, I, I thought about I just the central is bad to me, so I wasn't really that tempted by any of those teams. I think Oakland's gonna drop off a little bit. I thought that before the catastrophic week that they had, and now it obviously <laughs> you know, it's like it's only two games, but you just like Olsen and Lazar, it's like it's a bummer, but I kind of thought that before that too. I was a little tempted to take the Angels. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I'm, I'm taking Tampa Bay. As my second wild card. Yeah, me too. They've got so much young talent, and they have have even more coming up this year. I'm with you. Yeah, yeah. So, in other words, we have the exact same five exact same. playoff teams. Yeah, it's kind of bo- that's kind of boring. <laughs> well, unfortunately, the American League is pretty boring. It felt last year. It felt this way too, in terms of. You just knew who everybody was going to be, and Oakland was the one that surprised and got in there. That second wild card feels like right now it's the only thing that's not 
set. You can make your arguments if that's good or bad for the game. I'm not a. I don't think it's personally good for the game that we already know or have a good feeling. I should say. Where do you stand on that? I don't know. I don't think it's like crazy. Like I don't think about it. You know, as a baseball fan, it's not something I consciously think about it. The AL just is top heavy right now. You know, the teams that are awesome, they're really, really good. And then the bottom teams are really, really bad. You know, so it's just, I feel like there's not a lot of uh, teams in the middle. I think there will probably be one or two teams out of that middle group that jump up and surprise you. Kind of hard to say who it is, but but yeah, for the most part, I think we know kind of how this is going to end as far as playoff teams you know we might miss one of these you know it's no guarantee that tampa bay makes it but if any of the other four besides tampa bay don't make the playoffs any one of them i would be very surprised yeah very surprised yeah unfortunately american league reminds me a lot of the nba right now in terms of you almost know who's going to be there at the end but just like the nba the playoffs are awesome in the american league because you have all these powerful teams facing off and then it's a lot harder to make predictions let's move over to the national league where i think it is a lot more open there are a lot more options for these divisions wildcard teams this felt a lot harder for me to make picks did you feel the same way andrew a little bit yeah it was harder than the al yeah for sure and i Almost guarantee you we're going to have different picks on a few of these. Looking at this right now, I bet I have two different division winners out of these three than you. We'll see. Maybe. My National League East pick, and again, I feel like this could go four ways and I wouldn't be shocked, but I'm going with the Mets. Wow. I knew you'd be surprised. (laughs) Wow. (laughs) That's a shocker. I knew you would be shocked. I just am looking at it, and maybe with some of these predictions later, you'll see why I decided to go this route. But I think Syndergaard could have himself a real strong year. DeGrom, obviously, is going to take a step back from what he did, but their offense is so should be so much better than it was. And they've got the best closer or one-up. You could say arguably the best closer on the planet. This is probably the one I'm going to get roasted for at the end of the year. I love it. I on, honestly, I love it. I'm not even saying wow because it's bad. I'm just shocked because I thought I knew where you were going and I was wrong totally. That's awesome. I bet I know who you thought. I'm taking the Braves. I just love their young talent and it's all on the rise and it's just I just think they're the best team. But I will say that this division is tough. Like you could take any of four teams. You're not taking the Marlins, but if you took anybody else, I thought you were going to take Philly. Oh, personally, but it was just a total guess. I, I definitely didn't think you were taking the Mets. Wow. That's (laughs) awesome. That's cool. But yeah, no, I'm taking the Braves. I thought you were thinking I was going to take the nationals. Yeah. Yeah. We were all over the board there. Who do you got for the central? I'm taking the Cubs. I'm going to be a home. Yeah, a little bit of a homer. I think you could take any of the pretty much obvious three, and I wouldn't argue with it. Uh, I think that a lot of the the Cubs pitchers had kind of worst-case scenario seasons last year that I expect to be better. And uh, 
Yeah, I just think that they they have the best team. But it, will I be shocked if they finish third in this division? No. So it's not it's not going to be easy. But yeah, they're my pick. Yeah, I definitely think you could throw those three and a half. But I can't believe how much of a homer you are. I'm taking yeah. the Cardinals. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I thought about it, and you know, originally, whenever I was thinking about these a few weeks ago, I'm like, yeah, I'm taking the Cubs. I'm going to take the Cubs. And I just feel like there's an energy to them that I feel real good about this year. I think Ozuna will rebound. I feel, I love getting Goldschmidt back. I think Reyes being in the pen along with their rotation pieces. I just, I I think they're a well-rounded team this year. And this first time I've said that in a while. So I'm excited about them. Yeah. Yeah. I don't blame you. Uh, this one might be a little more boring. Who do you got in the West? Dodgers. Dodgers. It's pretty easy. Yeah, they are clearly in the best team in that division, and no disrespect I, to the Rockies. I will say, I think the Rockies are pretty good. San Diego's on the rise. Arizona's kind of slipping, yep. and Giants, whatever. But, but yeah, the Dodgers are just the class of the division. It's not much else to say. Yep, I'm with you there. They are clearly the best team in that division, in my opinion. And, yeah, I'll leave it at that for now and move on. The wild cards. I have the Cubs as my first wild card team, Andrew. I think, again, going back to the NL Central, there's a bunch of really good teams. I think the Cubs are going to be the team to get one of the first wild cards. I've got the Phillies as my first. Okay. And they're my second, so we'll just talk about them here. I love that roster. I absolutely yeah. love looking at that lineup. I have some predictions about a couple players, and I actually one player in there in my predictions that we'll talk about in a bit, but I really love that lineup. A rotation of Nola Pavetta, a veteran like Arietta. I just feel real good about them in terms of another nice, well-rounded team. Yeah. Yeah, I like the back end of their pen, too. I know I mentioned it before, but Dominguez and Robertson, it, it, I like it. It's good. Solid. Yep. And then, that National League East is the best division this year. Yeah, top to bottom. I mean, as far as, well, I don't know. I don't know. Because the Yankees and Red Sox are so good to me that the AL East, it's just like just pure wins. I don't know. But, yeah, as far as competitiveness and the fact that four teams could win it, yeah, for sure. My second wild card is the uh, is the Cardinals. Okay. So I've got okay. Phillies, Phillies and Cardinals as wild cards. So the only difference in a playoff team we had in the National League was our National League winner with the East. Mets. East yeah. winner with the Mets and the Braves. And we both had the Brewers missing. Wow. Yeah. Surpri- surprised. That is interesting. Okay, so we're into the playoffs. We have all these playoff teams, and we're pretty close to the same teams. Actually, really only one difference. Andrew, who's your World Series matchup? I've got the Yankees versus the Dodgers, and the Dodgers win it. I'm going with the 2017 World Series rematch with the Dodgers and the Astros, and the Dodgers win it this time around. Yeah, I I almost did that too, but sticking with the Yankees. The Dodgers feel like the safest team to pick the win to World Series because 
the American League's so stacked. But I say that the National League should be better this year. I think the National League top is better than it was at this point last year. Let's just be honest here. And this is kind of how I always think when I pick like World Series. I always feel like you just want to pick the team you know is going to be in the playoffs. Yep. Because, like, truth be told, the and I don't know, you could tell me if you disagree, but these other teams in the NL, I feel like all my picks besides the Dodgers could, in theory, miss the playoffs. Yeah. Like, none of them are locks, but the Dodgers are a lock. Like, if they miss the playoffs, I will be absolutely floored. I won't be yeah. floored at all on any of these other ones. Because there's a lot of teams that are kind of close, you know? It's different yep. than the AL. The Central has three teams, and the East has four teams. Yeah. And only four of those seven teams at most can make the playoffs. Yeah. So you have three solid teams that are not going to make the playoffs. Yeah. Well, that was fun, except for the fact that we picked everybody about the same. Same, but, wor- same World Series winner. Wow, I'm, I'm just surprised, but... I think our logic was similar, though. Yeah. All right, well, let's move into awards and see if we can get a couple different guys on this. And we're going to start off with the Rookies of the Year, and we're going to start off with the American League. I am going with the same guy I think you will, too, have have also, Andrew, and that is Vlad Guerrero Jr. Do you have the same one? Yep, probably the most anticlimactic pick I will have tonight. <laughs> Should we talk yeah. about for 18 minutes about how good Vlad Jr. is? <laughs> yeah, I'm kind of worn out on it. I'm just ready for the season to start. But I'm excited to see when he comes up, you know, when it's going to be. I, I'm thinking late April, early May, but, mm-hmm. you know, we'll see what happens. Let's say it. That's a good one to actually just quickly go side into real quick with this injury. And now that it looks like it might be a couple more weeks, you know, you and I both felt comfortable taking him in the third round. Do you think you still would take him in the third round or does this move him down a little more for you? I, I wouldn't really change anything. No, I don't look too much into it. I, I feel like it's, Kind of is what it is. He wasn't going to be up the first few weeks anyways. If you want to bump him down, bump him down. I, a lot of people weren't taking him there anyways. So. I wouldn't let it change my opinion going in, really. Whatever that opinion is, you know, whatever your opinion is, I guess you could say I wouldn't change it over the news. I think I would knock him down around. Before I would take him in the third, I think now I wouldn't start considering it till the fourth. Just those extra yeah. two, three weeks that I think he will miss more than I've thought before. But Yeah, it's possible for sure. Not a, not a whole lot down, just a little bit. The National League Rookie of the Year, this one could go a couple different ways. Andrew, who do you have? Man, dude, this one, I tell you, this is one of the hardest ones. It's uh-huh. like, you know my love for Hampson. There's Tatis now. There's Robles, who's like a feels like an easy choice. I'm going with Chris Paddock to win the NL Rookie. Wow! Of the year. 
I truly think this guy is going to come into this league and dominate starting Sunday. The only thing that I have reservations about with him this season is just how many innings he's going to pitch. But I honestly think he is going to be a total stud from the start. And I got him winning rookie of the year. Yeah, the innings part is the real question with him. Only throwing 90 innings last year. I wouldn't think he'd get much more than 130 or 140, but... For Rookie of the Year, that's still enough to win that award. He's going to have to have a great year, but I agree with you. He's fully capable of it. Nothing he did in the minor leagues says otherwise. He was outstanding last year in the minors. That's a great pick. There's some guys that I just, you know, these young guys, some of them come up and struggle at first, and some of them, you know, they all have different timelines, and I just honestly feel like, he is going to bust out of the gate, just bust the doors down, and be awesome immediately. I do. If I'm wrong, I'm wrong. But it's like he's starting in the rotation. It's San Diego. It's all set up for him. He's been awesome. I just think he's going to be awesome. I really do. And I will say this. He was the 41st pitcher off the board in, our, in Rotomasters 3, the 41st starting pitcher. And I'll add to it and say next season in Dynasty Startups, he's a top 20 starter off the board. I mean, clearly, they kind of go hand in hand. If you're a rookie, if you win rookie of the year with his pedigree coming up, it's going to push him that high. So, yeah, top top 20 off the board in, in Dynasty next year. Along with mentioning where Tatis goes in that draft tomorrow, why don't you just, in that post on Baseball 365, post where Paddock goes to. Or should I say, post where you took Paddock. Where I take Paddock, yes, exactly. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah, I'll let everybody know. After the fact. Who do you got? Okay. I'm going to follow with my Mets pick of winning the division, and I'm going to say Pete Alonso. Mr. Don't Call Me Peter Alonso wins that award. He hits in the 250 range, and he hits 35 home runs this year. In the middle of that lineup, give the thump that they need to get that team into the playoffs. Wow, yeah. I actually meant to mention him, too, when I was naming off guys that uh, could be considered. It's good pick. I'm not as high on him as you, but it's a good pick. Let me ask you this. If it doesn't – it's not looking good for Garrett Hampson winning that job. Had – McMahon struggled this spring, and Hampson was hitting just like he did, and he had the job. He's going to be our everyday second baseman. They said that going in. Would you have picked Hampson? Maybe. I I, I kind of had thought about it. I I just think that, uh, like, with Hampson, with the steals and stuff, it's more of like a fantasy thing than it is, like, uh, someone who's going to stand out to win rookie of the year. Yeah, I just kind of feel that way with Paddock. Like, Obviously, you know, in long-term leagues and stuff, I would take these hitters over Paddock. But, but yeah, I just, I just think Paddock's going to be a dominant starting pitcher when he pitches this season. And, yeah, I may have, I may have taken Hampson, but sometimes I kind of want to mix it up, too, a little bit. You know, you just talk, you don't want to talk about the same guy all the time. But yeah, mm-hmm. I, just, I love the way it's trending for Paddock. I just, I, 
it's just trending so perfectly. And it's like now he's starting, like I said, starting the year. So, but yeah, Alonzo's a good pick too. There's other guys. Like I said, I was thinking about this one. I was like, man, I'm so torn because there's a lot of guys you could pick. Yep. There are Braves starting pitchers galore coming up that are going to be pitching this year that should be rookie of the year eligible. Yeah. A lot of guys. Yeah. AL Cy Young, Andrew. I've got Garrett Cole as my pick with the Astros. Who do you have? Yeah, I almost, I actually almost took him. I'm taking Chris Sale. I'm just going with the chalk. Boring. I, I know. There's nothing wrong with that pick. That's one of those picks that you don't look dumb for, for taking. <laughs> yeah, it's just like he's the best pitcher in the league to me. So, Okay. Well, who'd you go for the National League? Same thing. I went boring. Max Scherzer. I really, really wanted to take Bueller, and mm-hmm. I, I, I thought about doing it. But even though I think that Bueller's innings cap is, a, is overblown, Mm-hmm. Scherzer doesn't have one, you know. No, nope. it's like I'm just taking Scherzer for one more, and probably at some point, you know, there's you're gonna start worrying about him. But I'm not worried about him yet. He's still to me the best pitcher in the NL. I mean, the, those two guys that I took, they're it, they're boring picks. My MVP picks are a little more exciting, I promise. But yeah, they're just chalk. But I think they're the two best pitchers in their leagues. When you throw 200-plus innings every year and you're striking out close in the upper 200s, it's hard to t- pick against that. Yeah. And I did. I picked Noah Syndergaard this year. <laughs> yeah, it's a good I'm pick. sticking with the Mets. DeGrom had the big step up last year. We were saying when we talked about Syndergaard that he has another level, and I'm just going to go on and say this is the year it happens. And he, he, this is the year he takes that big step up. Stays healthy a full season and absolutely dominates. Yep. Wouldn't doubt it at all. Wouldn't be surprised. All right. You said you have exciting picks. Who's your American League MVP? So, obviously, I know Mike Trout is the best player. Mookie Betts won it last year. And I think there was a point where I even said last season I thought it it was going to be Stanton this season. You've got 30-30 guy in Jose Ramirez, triple crown threat in J.D. Martinez, and I'm not taking any of those guys. AL MVP 2019, Aaron Judge. Uh, I can see it. Yeah, I, I think him and Stanton this season are going to go just ballistic both of them but i'm taking judge for the mvp because i just feel slightly better about him but it's very it's close stands on right on his heels i'd probably have him like in the finalist conversation with with trout you don't want to put too much stock into spring numbers judge it seems like every time i'm looking at the yankees box score he's having a good day that guy's ready for the regular season. Yeah, he's just a machine. I'm taking Trout. He has not stayed healthy the last two years and has paced for just some insane numbers in those two years. And I'm just I'm gonna go with the best player on the planet. I'm going with Trout. I've got a stat here I wanted to read. Earlier, remember how I told you I had a stat if he came up on the show? Okay. Mike Trout 
has the most war in baseball since 2006. <laughs> he played his first he played his first career game. So he has 64.9 career war, which is the most since 2006. He, he played his first career game in 2011. <laughs> So and that was September of 2011, right? Yeah. Uh, I think it might have actually been like in the middle of the season. It could have been. It could have been September. I can't remember. But it was only like 130 at bats uh-huh. or something. And then 2012 was his first full season. But, yeah, from 2006 to 2018, 13 seasons, Mike Trout has the most war in that time frame. And he's played for seven, seven seven full seasons so that is absolutely yeah. stupid <laughs> ridiculous <laughs> so who has the I most wanted... since 2005 then uh it was like when i was because i was narrowing it it was like uh M- miguel cabrera was in there and um Pujols was in there there was one other guy i can't remember who i was like looking at it yesterday i think it was yesterday yeah it was yesterday and uh it was like Trout was fourth, and then I'm like m- bumping the years to see where it was where he took it over, and yeah, 2006 to present. So, hmm. it's just crazy. I'm gonna guess we have the same National League MVP, just knowing who you've picked for divisions. I have Ronald Acuna winning the MVP in the, for the for the National League. <laughs> Dang, you stole my thunder. Yeah, yeah. Ronald Ronald Acuna. What a monster. I'm probably dumb for picking him, given I didn't even pick the Braves making the playoffs. But <laughs> I will, I, just... uh, I will say this, and I, I'm not trying to provide hot takes or anything, but you know how we've kind of mentioned in the past, like that second pick overall is just a revolving door. Trout, and mm-hmm. it's like Trout one, and then that second pick is a revolving door. I will not be at all, at all surprised if. Acuna is the number two pick universally next year. I think he's going crazy this year, wins MVP. It's just like Bryant did it, rookie of the year, MVP. Yeah. He's so crazy good, man. He's just, he's so good. And yeah, it, I'm not saying it will happen for sure, but it just, it wouldn't shock me if he's second pick next year. Just won't. Nope. I agree. Don't have any more to add. You said it best. Okay, so the next thing you came up with, Andrew, was a couple questions about prospects. Thought these were real good. What universal prospect inside the top 50 is not entering there going into 2020? I've got two. I listed two guys. I got Jesus Sanchez and Austin Riley. The only reason... I wanted to include Riley because I don't like him as much as everybody else. I don't know if I'd call him universal top 50, but he's close. But there's also possibly a chance that he graduates this year, depending on what happens at the big league level, you know, if Donaldson was to get hurt or something. So I didn't didn't want to include guys that were going to graduate. So if that's the case, it's kind of null and void. So I wanted to have two, but those are my two. Oh, my God. All right, I'm just going to read verbatim what I wrote down, which 
Jesus Sanchez, I completely agree with you on. I am not big on him at all either, but I picked Austin Riley. <laughs> oh my gosh. Are you serious? I, here's what I wrote. And promotions do not count here. Austin yeah. Riley, and not because he was called up, he struggles this year, gets a brief call up when Donaldson goes on the DL and is sent back down due to struggles. His call up is something like Kyle Tucker's, except he doesn't show as well in the minors this year either. Jeez. <laughs> we did not tell each other these and Riley especially I don't think you and I have hardly ever discussed Riley we don't have no. any conversations about not liking him so I was floored to hear you say that one and Sanchez yeah. too the next question I have a feeling we will not like I'm not going to be as surprised about here and that was what universal non top 50 prospects are in the top 50 by 2020 and I'll go first, since you did the last one, and that way you can shake your head and say, well, those are mine, <laughs> probably. <laughs> Marco Luciano, I picked three of them here. Luciano, which I fully expect you to, if you have multiples, I expect him to be at least one of yours. Um, Julio Rodriguez with Seattle, that's one of my guys. I think he could take a big step up. And the third one I picked was Grant Levine with the Colorado Rockies. I didn't even study him much this offseason. But whenever I went and read him about him on the Baseball America book, I mentioned this on the Prospect podcast, I became a much bigger fan and read a little bit since, and I really like him. And Rodriguez, I actually took him in a startup dynasty last year, and I couldn't hang on to him due to roster constraints, but I think that guy has a chance to be a real special bat. Yeah, I've got, yeah, Luciano, of course, and... uh Brian Rocio. Those are my two. There's other guys I could have named. Like, if you don't consider Christian Robinson and George Valera in that group, they would definitely be listed for me. But I also have seen them in the top 50. So I just didn't include them. But, yeah, Luciano and Rocio are my two that I listed. I, I didn't even think about Rocio, but I'm not surprised that he's on your list. Our next subject, we're just doing predictions here. And this is a lot more vague in terms of bold predictions, predictions, just predictions about, well, I picked all mine about players. I guess, Andrew, if you wanted, you could have done teams. But these are more whatever you want to throw out there. And we originally said, let's do three to five each. And I got started and I wrote ten down. And I think, Andrew, you said you have nine or ten. So we managed to fill out a lot of predictions here, and this one's gonna I think this one's gonna be real fun. Danny Jansen for the Toronto Blue Jays finishes as the third best catcher in rotisserie in twenty nineteen. Only peep catchers ahead of him are the two going ahead of the top two in drafts, Real Muto and Gary Sanchez. Wow. Awesome. It's a good one. What's yours? Nick Pavetta. Top 20 starting pitcher. And I almost, almost pushed it to top 15. But I tried to hold a little sanity. So, top 20. It's it's tough to squeeze somebody down there up into the top 15 just because of how good that top 15 is. So, I get it. Yeah, I I think he can do it. But, yeah, I'll go top 20. No issue with that one. My number two. 
Austin Meadows home runs plus steals totals 40 to 45 this year, and he's a top 20 outfielder. Nice. I knew you liked him. Yeah, I like him too. So Not as much as me, though. No, not as much as you. Yeah. I am not saying that I expect him to. This one was me more going a little bold and just really putting it out there. I think he's going to have a really nice year, though. Yeah. Yeah, like I have – I don't know how many shares, but I've at least – I know I've at least got him on some team somewhere. I'd have to look. Uh, My second one is – Aaron Judge and Giancarlo Stanton combine for 100 home runs, 50 each for the second time ever between teammates. First time was Maris and Mantle with the 61 Yanks. Wow. Bombs bombs away in Yankee Stadium this year. I'm all, all all in on those guys. That between that ballpark and those hitters, and they could be doing this in any ballpark, but good God. Yeah. That's gonna yeah be- it's just like a lot of it for me is Judge is right smack dab in his prime, and I expect him to be healthy for the whole year, which he wasn't last year. Stanton's second year in New York, I could just see him getting more comfortable last year, you know, late in the season. And yeah, it's just like, this is the year I feel like they just both go completely ballistic. It may only happen one time. You know, guys get banged up, guys get moved around. You just never know what's going to happen. You can't predict too far into the future, stuff like that. But I think this year both of those guys are just going to go absolutely crazy. I really do. Our next thing we're actually doing after this is some Facebook predictions that we put out there and ask people to put in. We've mentioned that on a previous podcast and, Somebody else made that same prediction in terms of the 50-50. And I know you hadn't seen that. I know you made this oh, yeah. one on your own, Andrew. But that one was actually on there by somebody else, too. Nice. So, yeah, you're not alone. Somebody else was thinking the same. Number okay, three. number three. David Dahl. I wouldn't be surprised if you've got a Dahl one in here, too. David Dahl has 30 home runs, 20 stolen bases, and amongst Colorado Rockies, he's the leading vote getter for MVP. Wow, you know something? I it was my number seven, but I'm just going to go right to it. I have this is what I wrote down: David Dahl, two eighty, thirty homers, a hundred RBIs, a hundred runs scored, twenty steals. <laughs> I swear to you, I will scream. I will take a picture of this sheet and send it to you. I am dead serious. <laughs> I will say that the hundred runs and ribbies, that's kind of like, I don't really, whatever, you know, on that, but yeah, 30, 20, 280 average. Yeah. Stud for Colorado. If he has 30 home runs and 20 steals, he's going to have 200 runs plus. RBI yeah. Wherever yeah. he is in the lineup. Probably. Yeah. Yeah. That was my number seven, but I'm just repeating <laughs> since you said it, I might as well just say it now and get it over with. So, yeah, man, oh, man, we're like, we like read each other's minds a little bit. It's kind Sometimes. of scary. <laughs> <laughs> We've at least been off on a few, all these bold predictions so far. Yeah. Yours yeah, that you had, I'm nowhere near. Okay. Number four, Carlos Correa finishes top five in AL voting and tops the Astros. 
he has a better fantasy season than his teammate Alex Bregman. Nice, yeah, I could, I could definitely see it. Yep. Uh, my fourth one is Jonathan VR has a better season in standard five by five than Adalberto Mondesi. There you go. I and I, I will, pick- I will say that. Uh, you know, if you want to call these bold, call them bold. If you don't, don't. I mean, I'm, I, they weren't necessarily set up to be crazy bold, but some of them probably are. It just is what it is. They're just kind of predictions. But Yep, and here comes my favorite one, and I liked it. This one I definitely would call bold. Andrew McCutcheon has a better fantasy season than Javier Baez with 45 to 50 home runs plus stolen bases. I could see it. I mean, yeah. it's a it's a little out there, but I I could see it. Yeah, I don't think it's like impossible or anything. Nope, I do think McCutcheon's going to have a good year. And I didn't draft him anywhere. Do me a favor, <laughs> draft him tomorrow night. Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> Sorry, I didn't mean to rub salt in the wound again. No, it's okay. I'm the <laughs> one that keep. It's I'm more mad at myself than anything for not getting him any anywhere, and just. Just watch. I'm totally wrong on this, and he has a terrible year. And I'll be like, I knew it all along. That's why I don't have him. <laughs> <laughs> okay, um, my fight? next, my next one is Garrett Hampson steals thirty bases, and I just I had to include him on this show. I understand. Like I will say this: I expect in the next twenty four hours, maybe before this podcast even gets posted that they announced McMahon won the job and this prediction stands. I still think Hampson's going to play plenty and I Mm -hmm. still think he's going to produce plenty. I don't, you know, it's a little fluid right now as to where it's going to be and how it's going to happen, but I think he's going to get into the lineup. I'm not in panic mode at all. It is a little disappointing. I mean, obviously, but it's not, it's a long season and, I don't even think that it's out of the realm of possibility that in the second half of the season, he's playing over Ian Desmond. I mean, there's, yeah. there's spots on the field that will open up and he's, he's going to be good. So 30 steals for Hampson. I like what Jeremy Hansen in our baseball 365 group. And he's also in Rotomasters too. I saw him say somewhere, somebody's going to get hurt and that that's just going to play itself out. And yeah. There are a lot of guys on that team that get hurt. And if any injury happens, just, I don't know if there's a position on the field where an injury could happen where Hampson and McMahon all of a sudden are not. Or they'll both be playing every day because I don't think anybody else is going to move into that slot. Yeah. It just takes one injury at any position other than catcher, I guess. Because if it's third base, you put McMahon at, over there at third. If it's first with Murphy, you put McMahon at first and put Hampson at second. If it's in the outfield, you put Hampson out there. It yeah. just feels like one injury no matter where. Okay, my next one, Corbin Burns is a top 25 starting pitcher. He's my breakout pitcher for the guy to move up here and get into the top 20, 30 starting pitchers. You know, I thought of you today. I 30 minutes before we started recording this, I was downstairs. I had just gotten home, and I had an MLB Network on, and they showed his line from today. I don't know if you saw mm-hmm. it, but it – it I was did. like three and two thirds with five K's, two hits, no runs, you know, or I don't think it was any runs. I'm pretty sure it was none. No, it was uh, no runs. Yeah. Yeah. 
And I, I just now like this whole year, I'm going to every time I see him, I'm going to think of you. So, yeah, yeah, it's good. It's a good call. It, hopefully it's not a like Mark him. Burns get, just had three and two thirds and he gave up seven runs and a DRA six and a half. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Just, just gave up. Don't think of me. Just gave up a grand slam. <laughs> uh, my my next one sticking with the Brewers on this one. Yasmani Grandal is the first National League catcher since Mike Piazza in 2002 to hit 30 home runs. I was amazed. Nice. That it's been, I, I was amazed that it's been that long, 17 seasons. But Grandal does it this year, 30 bombs. Yeah, you and I talked about him a month ago, and I forgot about him while doing these, and I'm glad I did because I should have known you were going to bring him up, but we were talking about him and, you know, what Yelich did last year and him going from playing as a left-handed hitter, he's a switch hitter, but hitting left-handed most of his at-bats at Dodger Stadium to go into Milwaukee with another really good lineup. Yeah. I can get behind that one. Yeah, I like him. I, I like Grandal a lot this year. Really do. I forget. Do you have any shares of him anywhere? Yeah, I got him in – uh Rotomasters 2, and I've got him in um, one or two redrafts. I can't remember if it's one or two, but yeah, I've got two or three shares. Jorge Soler has, finally has his breakout season. He hits 30 home runs with a 370 on base percentage, finally getting that true breakout. Wow. Yeah, yeah that, that'd be crazy. I thought he played really I... well in Kansas City last year. And an injury cut his season short. This was me going a little bold. I think 25 is more realistic if he's healthy the whole year. Yeah. My next one, and some would probably call this very bold, and some would say it's not bold at all. Lewis Brinson plays in the MLB All-Star game. Oh, And the reason I say you might not think that is bold is because the Marlins have to have a rep. Oh, that's true. So, I mean, that part of it isn't bold, (laughs) but it is still um, obviously picking him to take a step forward. Yeah. Okay. That's fun. Brandon Lau finishes as a top Somewhere between fifth and eighth on in second baseman among in on base percentage leagues this year in 2019. Wow, I that's, won't say it for batting average, but I'm going on base. Cool, yeah, that that's a bold one for sure. All right, my next one is Cedric Mullins goes 2020. I will say. I said this last season. I'm not quite as confident in it as I was when I said it, but I'm just going to stick with it because I am still high on him. I think 15-15 to 18-18 is probably more sane, but I'm just sticking with it and going 2020. I think he has a really good year. It's possible. If I was making a prediction for him, I would have him at 30 home runs plus steals, somewhere in that range, but it's doable. For him. Yeah. The playing time should be there. Yeah. Okay. 
Trevor Rosenthal is the most valuable relief pitcher in fantasy this year after the All-Star break. Wow, that's that's a really good one, actually. I like that one a lot. He gets the job. Eventually, Doolittle gets hurt. I don't think yeah. it'll be performance. And I think he comes in and dominates so much that even if Doolittle makes it back, they just leave him in there. Yeah, I could see it. All right, so this is my last one. I told you it was a little complex, so I just did one less than you, I believe. You have one more, right? Yes. So I did my top 10 prospects for one year from right now. Oh, I like this. Like what I think the top 10 will be. And I guess I didn't really differentiate too much if it would be fantasy or reality. So take from it what you will. I mean, it's just guys that I think are going to still be prospects and guys I think will be in the top 10 or could be in the top 10. Uh, If there's obvious names that you think are missing from this list, it's one of two things. It's either I think they graduate or I think they don't finish in the top 10 unless I somehow forgot somebody, but I looked at it pretty thoroughly. I'm going to go from 10 to one. Cool. Do it. Number 10, Bidal Brujan. Okay. Number nine, Marco Luciano. Number eight, George Valera. He'll be number one. Number seven, (laughs) Christian Robinson. Number six, Mackenzie Gore. Number five, Jonathan India. Number four, Alex Kirilov. Number three, Joe Adele. Number two, Royce Lewis. And number one, Wander Franco. That's my list. Man, I hope you're right. I. I would be beaming a year from now if that was your list. Between my two dynasty leagues, I've got shares of a lot of those guys. I like Yeah. The back end of the top ten is they're young. You know, it's obviously Robinson, Valera, and Luciano. But I think they can get there. So it's going to be an interesting year. And I really, really like India, too. I really do. I think he's just going to go to the top pretty quick and then be up uh, some sometime. I think India will probably be up sometime next year, but a high, high end prospect, like at the end of this season. Honestly, of all the people on that list, that was the one that surprised me the most. Just know, our, knowing our conversations, I'm not saying you've ever said anything negative about him, but I know your love for most of those other guys as at a, what I would have said a different level than I would have said your love for India. Huh? Yeah, but I also think you could argue India's higher right now than those guys. So it's like, yes, most or, or at least at least close, you know. So yeah, well, that's just figured I'd play that game there. My last one, and this one would make you happy happy as a Cubs fan. Chris Bryant rebounds to thirty five home runs, a three hundred batting average, and finishes third in MVP voting. Nice, God, I hope I've been you're right. <laughs> I know I'm higher on him in fantasy this year than you are. I just have a feeling that that shoulder thing's behind him. He's going to feel good and go out there and rake. 
Yeah, I, I definitely hope you're right. I, I don't think it's like something that can't happen for sure. I, yeah. I'm just curious to see how it all plays out. So. All right, so the last thing we did was we put it out on Facebook on the Baseball 365 group to send some predictions our way, and we were going to read some off, and the group did not disappoint. Last time I looked, which there may have even been some since I looked, but there were 98 comments in the group. That's as of late Sunday night. And I just thought we'd read them off and kind of do like we just did with our predictions. Some of them we may have comments on, some we may move on. But I just want to thank you all who are part of the group that put the, put some predictions in because you guys brought it. I loved this. It was fascinating. We can't go over all 98, but we're going to try to go over a lot of them here. Yeah, I actually think I'm trying to go to it and look, but I actually think that there was more than 98 comments. But yeah, really good job, guys. Appreciate everybody's input. I love this stuff. I know Justin loves this stuff. And I think the group as a whole loves this stuff. So being able to put some of these out there and talk about them is is fun. So we don't have any problem doing that. So we're going to do that here. Yep. Uh, We're starting off with two guys who put something similar, Patrick Walsh and Kevin Obarski. Patrick said Eloy hits 30 home runs and wins AL Rookie of the Year. And Kevin takes it a step further and says Eloy is a top 20 fantasy player this year. (laughs) Wow. And, you know, my first thought when I read these just now was, man, when we were talking about AL Rookie of the Year, Vlad, we didn't even mention Eloy, which... We love Vlad, and I can see why, but I don't know about top 20 fantasy player, but you can't rule it out. No, you can't. I I think that's more extreme than I would put it, but, yeah, you can't rule it out. I truly I, – I won't be – you know, obviously I love Vlad. I won't be shocked one bit if Eloy wins rookie of the year. Not one bit. No. He's, he's probably like the co-favorite with Vlad. You know, maybe not quite, obviously not quite the prospect, but he's getting the earlier start. So head start always he gets, helps and that kind of thing. Yeah, he may have a full month head start here. Yeah. Next up for the National League, Jacob Dalvinmeyer and Jolston Nolte talked about Nick Senzel winning the Nat- National League Rookie of the Year. Justin actually went another step further and said he outpaces Vlad when he comes back from injury. I don't know about that part, especially with him already having an injury that they were talking about, I think today or in the last couple of days, but outpace him flat. I don't know if I could give any rookie that. Yeah, I actually meant to uh, talk about Senzel when I was naming off all those rookie of the year candidates in the NL. It's like, I feel like you could have a group of six to eight guys making their picks and we could all have different NL rookies of the year this year. There's a ton of candidates and Senzel's one of them, so yeah, wouldn't surprise me. Next up, Jacob also put Trevor Bauer wins the AL Cy Young Award. That's another one I could see. Yeah, I I could see it. Possible, for sure. I think he's probably one of the five to ten favorites, you know? He's, he's in that list. And he'd probably immediately tweet, F you, Houston. I did it without your cheating. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I think I've, se- I've seen one or two other guys pick uh, Bauer to win Cy Young. So, mm-hmm. yeah, it w- wouldn't, uh, wouldn't totally shock me. 
I didn't highlight this one, but I just saw it again, and now I can't not say it. Eric Morrison said, St. Louis, National League champs. And Eric, that's not a prediction. That's a spoiler. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, moving on. Michael Anderson actually said the Cubs failed to make the playoffs and Madden's not rehired after the season ends and Girardi's the new manager. I know he's serious and we've already said that anything could happen in the National League, but I found it interesting. How is Madden on his last year of his deal? Yeah, yeah, he's on his last year. As far as them not making the playoffs, I mean, I could see it. I Like I said earlier, I... I picked him to win the division. Uh, I generally am not a homer with them. I can admit when I don't see it. And I think those teams are close enough. I could easily see them finishing third in the division and missing the playoffs. Like, it's, it's definitely possible. It wouldn't surprise me. Like we said, there are seven teams between the East and Central, and only four of them can make the playoffs. And none of them would shock me. None of them. Yeah. All right, Paul Orsborn said Jack Flaherty wins 20 games. I thought that one was fun. We're both big Flaherty fans, so I think that's that's doable. Yeah, I. it's tough to pick a guy to win 20 games. That's that's really hard to do these days. But Yep. Yeah, I'm not saying... I mean, he's, he's, a a good enough, he's a good enough pitcher to do it. It's not that. It's just tough to do. Yep. Jacob... Came back again, Dobbin Meyer with another one with Billy Hamilton leads the league in steals. And Jeremy Gibbs said the same thing, except he said 65 plus steals. That'd be a nice return compared to, to where he was a few years ago. Yeah. Yeah. It's really all about uh, how much he gets on base. I mean, we know he's going to run, you know, he's should run wild in KC. I'm, I'm curious to see. I, but, uh, yeah, I, I definitely could see him stealing really any number. I mean, there's no number you could say that I'd be like, I, I can't see it. Like, I would say that it won't happen. I mean, unless you were going, like, triple digits on me or something. But, yeah, 65, sure. Somebody was saying on the Baseball 365 group in the last month, maybe these Royals are going to put up record-breaking steals numbers, and then they went and looked up, like, the mid-'80s Cardinals team. They're like, nope, never mind. Just yeah. kidding. Yeah, I know you love this next one. Russ Hines says Jorge Polanco is a top 20 player in fantasy. I would love to see it happen, but I would be shocked if it happened. I like Polanco, but that would be a stretch for me in terms of, I mean, he has to go Javi Baez on the league to do something like that. And I don't know if he's got that up kind of upside, but I, I hope you're right, Russ. Yeah, that's that's really really bold. Like mm-hmm. that is that is really bold. And what's funny is I like it, but man, is it bold! I uh-huh. I generally like stuff like that. Wow, I'd be floored, and he would definitely deserve a shout out at the end of the year if that happened. Yep, most definitely, Russ. If you're listening, I hope you are. Make sure you remind us at the end of the year if this happens. I don't care if you don't remind us if it doesn't, because that's a bold enough one. I'll still give you kudos and not going to rip you if you're wrong, but that good way to get out on a limb. That's uh, that's bold enough that I would post and tag him in the post and say, well done. Like that's, that'd Mm -hmm. be unbelievable. That'd be unbelievable. This may have been my favorite 
what post or of anybody scott weinstein said dodgers starting pitchers combined for a thousand strikeouts 75 wins in an era and whip combo below 3.3 and 1.18 he said rostering six dodgers pitchers at all times in parentheses can do it because it's affordable in a draft or an auction is the best pitching strategy for 2019 yeah, I I tell you, I I don't disagree with this guy at all. Like I always kind of thought along these lines. I mean, as far as like those actual numbers go, I don't know, but what you know, I've always rostered Dodger pitchers like for the last several years. Uh, you know, they they do it the way that they do it, but they are cheap enough some of them where you can do it and it is it's almost like a handcuffing a running back in like fantasy football or something, you know, it's like, it, you know, that that spot is going to give you production. And it, it kind of reminds me of that in a way. Like, I feel like at any given point during the season, as it goes on, whoever is pitching in the Dodgers rotation is you're starting them like always, whether it's, you know, you always expect Bueller to be there. If Kershaw's healthy, you expect him there. But whatever other guys it is, Ryu, Maeda, Stripling, Urias, and the other guy that I'm forgetting. But, yeah, any of them, no matter who it is, I just feel like you're starting them. It's almost like no-brainer. You're starting them every, pretty much every time, unless it's, like, at course, maybe. I. Yeah, I, I totally can get behind this. I have a couple leagues where I have like three of them. And I it's almost like I know if one of them's out. Like I have Kershaw in Rotomasters 1. I have Bueller 2. And I also have uh, Stripling. And I kind of look at it like, well, Kershaw's out. Stripling's more likely to start. And not that Stripling is maybe quite what Kershaw is, but he may not be that far off. I. He's a good they're, pitcher. They, yeah, they're all just so good. It's it's you can get good numbers out of all of them. So I'm I'm with them on that. On as far as that goes, the the exact numbers it, it's, it's tough to say, but yeah, I like the strategy. I love the idea of that. Sean Colemeyer said the Brewers win the World Series. Ryan Braun hits 300 with 30 home runs. Corbin Burns, Woodruff, and Peralta emerge as one of the best young trios of a rotation. Woodruff and Burns are top 25 starting pitchers. So, Sean has a baseball cap on his profile picture. Andrew, let me give you one guess of what team logo is on that cap. Yeah, I know Sean's a Brewers fan, but, (laughs) I mean, hey. I mean, I don't think any of these are... are, uh, crazy out of the question i mean bronze the only one i know you approve of the burns call so yep the bronze the only one that i'm like uh, i don't know if he can stay healthy enough to yeah do yeah, that, that do that but nothing else would shock me that'd be tough and i will say this it, i know i didn't pick the brewers to make the playoffs but i will say if they won the world series i wouldn't be that surprised Mm-mm. honestly i really wouldn't no, nope. they may need to find themselves a new closer, but there's a pretty good closer sitting out there in free agency that might come in and take that job, and they could be business as usual. Walter McMichael 
put Justin Turner wins MVP, and I thought that was great too. I'm not sure there's a Dodger I would take over him to win MVP right now. He is he means so much to that team. Yeah, Walter sent me this one the day before I posted this post. And he's like, I think he said something like, put this on your predictions podcast or something. And I'm like, well, we're going to make a post for it or something. And I said, uh, I'm like, there's, there's a difference between bold and impossible. I was just giving him, you know, (laughs) (laughs) but, uh, but yeah, I mean, Justin Turner's definitely his guy. And it's, it's like one of those where it's bold but I can squint and see it like I, I can because, the, you mm-hmm. know, the Dodger, you know, the Dodgers are going to be good. Mostly Turner just needs to stay healthy. I mean, we all know yeah. he can we all know he can hit. So, yeah, it's it's not that crazy. I was more just giving him crap because it is a little bold. But, yeah, I just had to had to mess with him there. <laughs> Collins Allison said Brian Dozier rebounds and has 30 home runs and 15 steals. Yep, I can see it. Yep, I, I, I can see it. I can see it. I, I haven't looked. I remember when we did our second base podcast and I was doing digging on Dozier that the underlying stats did show he was unhealthy or un, he was unlucky and he was also unhealthy. I can definitely see a rebound. Yeah. All right. Matt Kaznarski says Bryce Harper hit 60 home runs. Woo. I'm one of the biggest Harper homers. I hope you're right. Except it would sting because this is going to be the first year that I don't own Bryce Harper in a fantasy league since he started playing. Yeah, Matt uh, Matt Cohn's a team with Brock Smith and our in Roto Masters one, and they have Bryce Harper. So not surprised to hear him say this, <laughs> but but uh, yeah, I mean, bold predictions, having fun, and uh, you know, you never know. Any, I've always kind of said with Harper, and I know he gets ripped by a lot of people and people always love pointing out the negatives with him but I've always kind of said that there's going to be that one year where he just goes completely berserk and really what I would just say is at no point will Bryce Harper ever do anything that I didn't believe he could do like if he won the triple crown and hit 50 home runs in the process and won the MVP unanimously, I wouldn't even be remotely surprised. I'm not no. saying I'm not saying that that will happen, but I always know in the back of my head that that potential is there. Whether it ever happens or not, it may never happen, but there's nothing that Harper's ever going to do. That is going to make me go, wow, I did not know he could do that. Never. It'll never happen. What if he leads the league in steals? Well, okay. <laughs> I, guess Sorry, I'm, I, I guess I'm talking. <laughs> yeah. That, the that other would, four that categories. Would, yeah, yeah, yeah. I guess, I guess if he uh, win all D. Gordon on stolen bases, then yeah. <laughs> but you get where I'm going with it. Yep. Simi Cohen, I'm sorry you're late to the party or early to the party, whatever you want to say. David Dahl puts up 2018 Yelich numbers, 300 batting average, 35 home runs, 100 runs and RBIs, and 20 steals. Yep, we're with you there. Yeah, he went even even bolder than me. 
Yeah, he added another, tacked on another five home runs to what we said. I love, I, I just want to say quick, I know people know I love Dahl. I know that he is fragile, but I also think that if he stays healthy, it's almost inevitable that he's going to be awesome. I, I feel like it's just, like, it's just waiting to happen. He just needs to stay on the field, and it will. I'm very, I'm confident. Yeah, if he stays healthy, I think we're going to feel look pretty good. The thing yeah. is, the injury risk is definitely there. Oh, and for sure. If he get, goes gets hurt and plays 40 games this year and falls in drafts, I wouldn't be shocked at all. Yeah, it it's one of those things. I'd I'd be more surprised if he played the majority of the season and wasn't great mm-hmm. than I would be if he was out. You know for more than half the season because I know that, that that potential is always there. He is he he is always beat up. I mean Benny Jimmy James gave us a bunch of them. I'm just gonna list them all off and Andrew you can tell me if any of them are interesting for you to talk about. VR over Mondesi in a point non base percentage league, which we've already touched that on that one. This one was interesting. Puig over Yelich in Roto. And then Astudillo, I don't even I never even say that guy's name. The big heavy twins catcher, Astadio, finishes as the top five catcher. Justin Turner finishes finishes as the number one third baseman. We've already covered that one. Alex Reyes leads the league in saves. And Cody Bellinger finishes as a top five hitter in points and on-base percentage formats. Top ten in Roto. I think my favorite one on here, just because it's so creative, and shout out, good job, Benny, on this one is Alex Reyes leading the league in saves. That's like one of those that I think is a combination of bold and possible if he was to land that role, which is the other thing that is uh, that we don't exactly know yet with, that like goes into this prediction. But that one kind of jumped out at me. I, I definitely like that one. I really like the Puig over Yelich, but I think that's more because I'm down on Yelich. I'm not really, I'm not the high man on Puig, but I do, yeah. I do think Yelich is going to come back down. And I've had multiple conversations with Benny about VR and Mondesi. We both think they're the same guy, so I'm not surprised to see him say that. We, we've had that conversation. John Mead said Nolan Arenado wins a triple crown. I don't think that surprises anybody. We know he's a big. Arenado fan, but I don't know about the batting average. I think he's consistently a 300 hitter. I guess maybe you have some luck and you get there, but home runs and RBI wouldn't shock me at all. Yeah, he's capable. I mean, batting average would be tough, but yeah, he's he's definitely capable. Home runs and ribbies, he can do it. Yep. Justin Belka said Madison Bumgarner recaptures his post-injury form and finishes as a top 10 starter. I'm out on this one, but (laughs) I think I've already made myself very clear on my opinions on him, but who knows, Justin, maybe I'll be the one wrong Justin in this one of the two of us. Yeah, I think, uh, I think he's probably almost alone on this, but you never know. I guess I, I'm not, uh, I'm not going to sit here and say it's impossible for sure. I will say this. There's probably a lot of people that if they gave a prediction about Bumgarner, it would be the polar opposite. 
So at least he's willing to be um, a little different as far as that goes, and you know, you see what happens. But yeah, it's interesting because I think it's a different take. Kang Do, our other admin on the Baseball 365 group, he gave us a good list. He said Chris Sale hits 300 strikeouts. That's he gets to 300 strikeouts, I should say. Austin Meadows, 285 with 2020. Sorry, I topped you there, Kang. D. Gordon and Billy Hamilton, top two in the AL with steals with 50 plus. Bauer has a whip returning to 1.3, so he's not real high on Bauer. Whit Merrifield steals less than 25 bags. Cody Bellinger wins the NL home run title with 50 home runs. Freddie Freeman wins the NL MVP with 35 home runs, 10 steals, 325 batting average. And then Juan Soto is the runner up there. He loves every Padre. He loves more Padre outfielders than there's actually slots. <laughs> <laughs> so, any of those you want to cover? Um, 50 jacks for Bellinger. Wow, that's, that's out there. Uh, the 300Ks for sale, I could definitely see that. Wouldn't mm-hmm. surprise me. He's got Margot at 15 and 40. I know he... He was like, I don't know if it'll happen. I know he was kind of backtracking a little bit, but <laughs> man, I will be, I will be floored if that hat, like absolutely floored if that happens. That's one that definitely would deserve a shout out on uh, if he nailed that. But yeah, yeah, I mean they're they're interesting. The Freeman pick is really good too. That's another guy. I I think that uh, like we picked Acuna, and I actually had thought about Freeman too because I think the Braves are going to be good and. You know, he's just been kind of their guy. Uh, so, yeah, I, I could see that. He's such a good hitter. I yeah. really love, I love Freddie Freeman. Yeah. Uh, I agree on Margot. I've owned, I own him in both of my dynasty leagues, and I think his ceiling is more of a 30 home run ceiling than I expect more to be in the 20 to 25 range. But if and that's if he gets a full season of at-bats, which who knows? It's really hard to figure out who's going to get those at-bats in San Diego. Yeah. Greg Lambert said you Darvish returns to being a top 15 starting pitcher. And I think you and I both covered him when we talked starting pitchers that if he could get the innings, that's doable. Yeah. I, uh, man, I would love to see this one. I, I know he, uh, feels strongly about Darvish. I've seen him talk about it in the group. I do have him on, I think one team, maybe two. I definitely have him on one. I think he's like my fourth, you know, my fourth starter or whatever. So, yeah, I mean, between that and being a Cubs fan, I mean, that would be great to be so huge for the Cubs. I don't know if I quite see it because of innings mostly, but wouldn't uh, wouldn't completely shock me either. Yeah, we're just a lot of Cubs optimism. I've said Bryant's the top three MVP candidate and – Hugh Darvish is a top 15 starting pitcher. If those two things happen, whoever it was that said the Cubs don't make the playoffs, they're going to be wrong. I want to mention one of his other ones here that you weren't going to go over, but I just want to mention it. Jeff McNeil, breakout, 310 with 20 homers and 15 to 20 steals. I would love to see that. I got him last season when he was either just called up or right before he got called up in both uh, Rotomasters 1 and 2. And I've just kind of got him sitting there. Like, I don't really need him in either league. You can still minors him, so I can 
just uh, I don't even think he's in my starting lineup at the moment in either league. But God, I would love to see that because it just would add to my depth in both leagues and help a ton. I don't know if I completely agree with the prediction, but I do think that he is underrated by the majority of the community. I think that there could be something there, and I feel like a lot of people just dismiss that guy. So I just wanted to shout out to that one. Jeff McNeil can't even make your lineup. What are you in, like an eight-team league? Yeah, yeah. (laughs) No, you do have some real strong teams in those Rotomasters leagues. All right, Steve Trapani, one of our, our most active Angels fan in the group, he had some interesting comments. The, he, he said that the Angels moved down the right field wall, and I don't think I knew that. And he said, with that, Justin Bohr carves out enough playing time to hit 30 home runs and finish as a top 15 first baseman. Meanwhile, Cole Calhoun stays atop the Halo lineup all year and produces top 30 to 40 outfield ranking. Currently, he's going as outfield number 96 in drafts. Those are two interesting ones, both for lefties who are going to take advantage of that shorter fence, I guess. Yeah, I uh, I love Steve. I can't see either one of them. I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm sorry, man. <laughs> I tell you, though, Steve's really smart guy. He probably will nail both of these. I, I just can't see it, but it's interesting at least. I'm a boar owner, and I'd love to see him carve out the playing time, but I can't see unless Pujols is just absolutely horrible. I can't yeah. see them putting him on the bench, Yeah, but we'll see. Uh, Brendan Carlin said Trey Turner still 65 stolen bases. I mentioned on the shortstop podcast, I could see him getting back up there. I'm on board with that one. Yeah, I mean, it's a little high, but for a guy like that, it's not like I would I would put that at impossible. You know, I, I think it's possible. Yep. John Preston, he gave us 10... Uh, different ones. I'm going to mention five of them that I found interesting. One of them we've already discussed. Chris Paddock is the most valuable rookie this year. Andrew, you've already made that prediction, so you're on board. Ryan Zimmerman's a top 10 first baseman. That one's fascinating. Austin Hayes is a top 50 outfielder. Joe Musgrove out-earns Madison Bumgarner. I like that one. Yeah. That's interesting. Jesse Winker's a top 25 outfielder, top 20 in on-base percentage of leagues. And Jay Bruce and Delino DeShields combine to have a 30 home run, 30 stolen base season. Those are fun. Yeah, I like the Zimmerman call. I, I Top 10 may be pushing it, but uh, I definitely think he's undervalued this year. I like him. And then the Musgrove uh, Mad Bum one is, is interesting. I, I'm not a big Musgrove guy, but... Uh, it's bold. It's unique. It's cool. Yeah. Ben Hoban said the Nationals win the World Series. I could definitely see that. That sure would be interesting if they did that right after Harper leaves and still in the division. Yeah. That would be crazy if they won it the year after Harper left. Oh, my gosh. That would be nuts. And it's, yeah. not, and it, and it's not like it can't happen. It could. Very well could. Patrick Crawford and Kurt Hovel said what you already said before, which is that Stanton and Judge both hit 50 home runs. This would be the first time since Maris and Mickey Mantle to do it. 
David Clark also said that he would hit 55 home runs with 150 RBI. So you are not alone with what you said about those guys. I agree. Clayton Kershaw returns top five starting pitcher numbers. Don't think I can get on board with that one just because we don't even know when he's going to be back. But he could be a top five pitcher the moment he comes back, though. Yeah, yeah, it's 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 all with Kershaw an innings thing, and it's just how many he's going to get. It's hard to say he's going to be a top five because I just don't know if he'll get the innings to do it. But if they were all pitching the same number of innings, I'd probably have him in the top five. So mm-hmm. it's just you know, that's really what it comes down to. His last one, uh, I'm curious to hear your thoughts on because you're a Cubs fan, and I know how you feel about Tyon. He said Jose Quintana outperforms Jamison Tyon this year. Um, I don't know if I would predict it, but I don't think it's that crazy, honestly. I I think Quintana's undervalued. I think Tyon's overvalued. Their project their projections are really close. I mean, if if we're just going one or the other in a draft, I'm taking Tyon, but if Quintana outperformed him at at the end, of, if we're sitting there at the end of the year and Quintana had a better season, I wouldn't be blown away. Yeah, it's not. Uh, I don't think that that's as bold as a lot of people probably think it is. No, it could happen. Oh, I forgot to put the person's name. So whoever put this one down, I apologize. I didn't write your name down, and I'm not going to go. Oh, look I, up, I already, I already know without even looking. I was just trying to figure it out too. It was Mike Cangiano. I'm, well, there you go. I'll, I'll correct it if I'm wrong. I'll go look, but I'm about positive. If, this one. If you're wrong, we'll edit it, and it'll never have been said. Yeah. <laughs> but. Michael Conforto, Conforto, 270 batting average, 370 on base percentage, and 570 slugging with 35 home runs and 100 RBI. Uh, yeah, I, it's a little steep for me, but uh, yeah, I know he likes Conforto. and I mean, guy's a good enough hitter one of these years. He's probably going to do something along those lines. So that slugging percentage is pretty up there, but, but yeah. <laughs> yes. That Mets lineup has so much more potential than it did a year ago right now. Yeah. Thinking about all these guys, and I keep forgetting how, how many more, more guys, but we got Cano, we got Pete Alonso coming up, we got Conforto, we have, oh, shoot, I just forgot one of them. The Met, Met, Met Rosario? That wasn't the one I was thinking of, but, yep. Nemo? Maybe, maybe I'm, oh, well. Either way, they they've got a much better lineup than they had a year ago. Yeah. James Obermeyer said Vlad Vertz flirts with a 400 batting average. I thought that was fun. And then Walter McMichael also said Vlad Doubters wish they owned him in all of their leagues by the end of the season. Vlad Guerrero, one of the most divisive players in fan- fantasy baseball this year. It's I know he's he's going to have a lot of eyes on him with members of baseball 365. Yeah, I feel like I'm beating a dead horse, you know. I yeah. I just don't I don't really have much else to say about Vlad. You have your opinion, I have mine. We'll see what happens. Most of my opinion is centered around dynasty leagues more so than redraft, but I still like him in redraft. I think he's great. If you don't, that's fine. It's just 
let it be and we'll just see what happens when he comes up. I'm honestly like kind of done talking about it until he's in yep. the majors. It's just like one of those things. It's like, let's just get it here and then we'll see what happens, you know. Jake Vega said Kyle Freeland finishes with a sub three ERA for the second year in a row. I think of all the predictions made, this is the one I disagree with the most. But he did it last year. Who knows? Yeah, you're on your own, Jake. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> hey, good good job for being bold. Because honestly, definitely. I do give that bold. Even though he just did it, I still give that bold. Yeah, definitely bold. Chad Shurik, hopefully I'm pronouncing that right, says Buxton joins the 30-30 club. Chad, I hope you're right. And, but I honestly Ooh. think even if he has the breakout year, it's more likely to be 2040, but that's still 60 home runs plus steals. Yeah, I, uh, been a Buxton guy in the past. It's kind of is what it is this year. Expectations are tempered, you know, but 30, 30 would be pretty shocking to me. Yep. Somebody had a post the other day about Buxton showing his spring training numbers this year versus last, which is spring training. It's hard to say much, but, he definitely has had a much better spring than he did last spring. We'll yeah. see if that carries over. Who knows? Yeah, he's cut cut the K's and up the walks, I think. so. Mm-hmm. Mason DeBaugh, I'm with you here. Noah Syndergaard wins the NL Cy Young. I've already made that prediction, too. So, Mason, we can cheer together. Yeah, wouldn't, wouldn't surprise me. Rick Elmer says Corey Kluber finishes as the fifth best Cleveland starting pitcher and is still a top 15 pitcher in Cy Young votes. That one's fun. Yeah. I know Rick's a Cleveland fan, so it's kind of like, (laughs) it's almost like he's rubbing it in that they have (laughs) five awesome starters. Uh, I don't, I will say I'm down on Kluber compared to the, the masses, I guess, but there is pretty much no way, aside from injury, that I would project him to be worse than Shane Bieber. Like, I just can't even see that happening at all. Um, but, yeah, if you, for, fourth on the team, maybe, I could see. Mm-hmm. John Calvagno, I think you're a really smart guy. But I already know neither of us are going to be in on this one. I <laughs> Mondesi finishes with a 320 on base percentage with 20 home runs and 50 steals. Andrew, join me in saying nope. Yeah, <laughs> I'll say nope, but I, I do love John. He's one of the smartest guys in the group. So agreed. Appreciate it. I, I love what he does, like with the uh, notes from the Sally and all that. It's so great. But yeah, yeah. you're you're alone on this one, at least between the two of us. So there's probably. Yes. I, there's probably plenty of other guys in the group that are with you there, but also true. And you know what? Maybe we'll be the ones who look with egg on our face at the end of the year. Oh yeah, definitely. El- it, I mean, it's possible at least, you know? Yep. John also said Elvis Andrews goes 2020, which when we talked about him earlier, that was a interesting conversation. I think you said, if I thought he was getting 20 steals then I should definitely be drafting him anywhere because the home runs we both said would be low double digits and for where it was going, that's a good value. Yeah. This, this is one of those where it wouldn't completely shock me because I, I think that um, if I was projecting Elvis Andrews, I would probably project like 
12 to 15 home runs, let's say, and I don't know, upper teen steals. So it's not that much higher in each one. I, I, I don't think it's impossible. No. Going back to Mondesi, I put these together but forgot John had two of them. Kyle Terzinski said Mondesi hits 218 with 15 home runs and 30 steals and a bunch of strikeouts. I think that lines up a lot closer to what we'd say. Yeah, that's closer for sure. Brian Lambert said Nomar Mazzara wins AL MVP. Man, Brian, I would love for you to be right here. Andrew, have you seen Nomar Mazzara's spring numbers this year? I have not. And I don't have these verbatim in front of me, but I was even reading his Roto World blurb. I think he has one walk and 50 at-bats with twenty something like 20, 25 strikeouts, and he just hit his first home run today. I hope that them tinkering with his swing to try to get him to elevate the ball isn't screwing him up. We'll see. Hopefully it's it's spring, but those are not pretty numbers, that's for sure. What type of numbers would Mazzara have to have to win the AL MVP? Keep in mind all of the players that are in the AL. And keep in mind that Texas probably isn't a playoff team. Now, you could argue all day whether that matters or not. I think it matters a little bit, even though it probably shouldn't, but I just I think it does. I mean, what would Mazzara have to do to win the MVP? Is it even, like, possible? J.D. Martinez numbers last year and a bunch of those Red Sox players take a big step back. That's the and type tra- of to get and the conversation. And Trout's out for two months. Yankees. I mean, <laughs> yeah, it's a lot. I, yeah. I mean, if that one happens, that's a shout out for sure. I'll give Mr. Lambert gets the shout out if that one happens, no doubt. Yep, good for being bold, Brian. James Boyd Sims, our boy, says Juan Soto wins NL MVP and Bryce Harper's the runner-up. That's kind of funny and ironic to think of. <laughs> yeah, I, I like this one a lot. I actually. I haven't really seen many people pick Soto, even though it's totally legit to pick him. So, yeah, I, I love it. I think it's awesome. Yep. And if it happened, it would be just as cool as seeing Acuna do it. So I, I have no issues with it. I think it's possible, and I think it's slightly bold. So it's like a good uh, good prediction. Mm-hmm. Mike Cangiano says Matt Barnes finishes as a top five closer. I got to say, if he can hold on to that job, it's doable. I mean, the guy had a 14 strikeout per nine last year, and he walks a lot. If he was able to keep that under control and keep those Ks up there, maybe he could do it. Yeah, it'd be uh, pretty shocking to me. I, I don't really know at what point this season I'm going to fully believe that the Boston closer is sticking. Whoever's getting the saves at the beginning of the year, it's like, okay, he's getting them now. And then I just feel like it will take a while for me to be like, okay, that's the dude. Like, I don't think I'm going to feel that way just after a few saves. I I feel like it's going to take time, and I, I think it could change around. And like I said before, I, I think they could even go out and try and 
get somebody or make a move or I don't even know who they would get or what they would do exactly. But if you're sitting here telling me that Matt Barnes or Ryan Brazier, one of these guys is closing all year, I just am like surprised, I guess is the best way to say it. I, I don't, uh, and I don't really know at what point, like I said, that I'll be confident that their guy is their guy. I, I feel like it could be two months into the season. I, I just don't even know. So that one's definitely bold. It reminds me of 2003 or 2004. I can't remember the exact year with Boston where they went into the year deciding they weren't going to have a closer and they were just going to have a bunch of setup guys hold that job. And that lasted about a month because it was an absolute disaster. And I think, I think they traded for Keith Folk that year who ended up throwing the final out of that 2004 World yeah. Series. Yeah, I, this feels very similar, and they had to go out and make a move in a panic after trying to go this route before. We'll see. Maybe, maybe this one will go different. Yeah. Benjamin Camden said Paul DeYoung finishes with 35 home runs plus and hits 280 while cutting down his strikeouts, getting MVP votes. I. <laughs> that's another aggressive one. Yeah, if Paul DeYoung hits 280, <laughs> I I could almost see him hitting 35 home runs, but 280 is there's there's no way. I'd be I'd be floored. It would probably take some absurd babbit for him to get there, but Dylan White, who is now riding for Prospect 361, he's a real sharp guy and he's a co-owner with Tim McLeod in Rotomasters 1, right? Yeah. He had two two predictions. He said Luke Weaver is a top 30 starting pitcher, something like a 3.75 ERA and 1.26 whip. I can see those stats, but I'm not sure that even gets him as a top 30 starting pitcher, does it? I don't know. I, I think, and I don't know this for sure. I meant to kind of look, but I didn't. But I think there's a joke in there. And... I'll admit it totally went over my head and I don't know what the joke is, but I think that he meant that as a, like something in there is a joke. I think those might be projections for somebody else that people think is a top 30 pitcher, but I'm not for sure on that. And I could, I could be wrong, but I, I thought that was kind of where he went with that. As far as Weaver. Yeah. I I think he's going to outproduce where he's going. You know, I think he's going around like, the 80th pitcher so um top 30 maybe pushing it but yeah i think weaver could have a solid season and his second one was jackie bradley jr with another five war season he said 115 wrc plus 25 home runs 20 steals he's a trendy name who i know people like that i've heard that jd martinez has been working with him on his swing and people think that this is a guy who could really have a breakout. Yeah, I actually read a, a bold predictions article today that said that JBJ was the well end the season as the second best Boston outfielder. I thought that was kind of oh, wow. kind of a fun one. But yeah, I mean it's yeah, he's he's kind of trendy. 25 home runs and 20 steals. Again, that's pushing it, but his war will be good. I mean, he's an awesome defender. So, yeah, I, I can get behind it for the most part. It's still bad. 
25-20 is definitely bold. Yeah, 45 home runs plus steals. That's a really, really good player. And yes, very bold. And our final one, Bobby Reynolds said, going into the final month of the season, Miggy Cabrera is in hot pursuit of his second triple crown. And I found that really interesting. But I also wanted to bring up Miggy. We haven't talked about him, I don't think at all, since our first base podcast. But he's also had a really nice spring. And yeah, spring numbers are whatever. But this is a guy who's been dealing with a lot of health injury, health problems with his back. And they're saying that this could go follow him the rest of his career. And for him to be hitting the ball with authority right now, that almost means something to me. Just the fact that he's capable of it. Yeah, see, I I look at it a little differently. I, I never didn't think he was capable. But how is the wear of the season going to uh, hinder him? You know, it's just like as the season wears on, I just feel like he is going to be beat up, you know. And maybe that won't happen. I mean, I don't think there's really a whole lot of doubt that Miguel Cabrera is still a good hitter. You know, it's just how much can he play now? And, you know, as far as just avoiding the injuries, staying out there, he's definitely not the hitter he once was. But um, I think that is going to be the most difficult part for him, just staying out there as far as this being a hot pursuit of a triple crown, good luck. But yeah, I know it's, it's bold. So it's, it's whatever, but yeah, I, I expect him to have his moments still. I mean, I don't think it's one of those guys that is just all of a sudden going to be a horrible hitter. I, I think he's fine. As far as that goes, it's just how much will he be out there? And even though lineup protection is for the most part overrated, he doesn't really have a whole lot of it. So if he gets too hot, you know, it can influence a lot of things. I, I don't know. I'm just, I'm not crazy about him. I do have one share, so I guess I'll at least get a little bit of, if it does end up happening, but. I feel better about him than I did a month ago, but I don't think there's any chance of the triple crown just because of the RBI. I mean, there, I know that's a fluky stat, but you got to have, a good team around you to be getting a bunch of yeah, RBI. And he's, he definitely does not have that. He's not going to hit more home runs than Giancarlo Stanton. <laughs> like, I mean, it just, you know, it's just not going to yep. happen. But Hey, you came bold, Bobby. Yeah. We asked for predictions yeah. and we said bold or not. So you definitely. came bold. Good for yep. you. Wow. That was a lot of fun, Andrew. Yep. It was awesome. I loved it. Yeah. Now we're done with predictions, and all we have left is real baseball games ahead of us. Podcasts, preseason podcasts, they're all over from here. Now it's time for some games. Yep. We got uh, Thursday Thursday at noon, I guess. We'll be starting up. I it's finally here. It's just like, I'm ready, you know, mm-hmm. be, be, a, be a good day on Thursday. No games tomorrow. It's kind of weird. It's like no spring training games, nothing. Just probably um, the announcement that McMahon has won the <laughs> job and 
cry a little bit and move on, you know? <laughs> <laughs> the calm before the storm. Yeah. Afternoon and watch Luis Castillo go out there and throw that first pitch. Yeah. Yeah, it'll so. be uh it'll be fun. Thursday will be fun. Always look forward to opening day. I I just can't wait. Mm-hmm. Um, I think you mentioned before hanging out with some buddies that day. Is that still your th- what you're doing? Yeah, maybe. I think one of them told me that, or a couple of them told me today that they were going to be tied up that day. So I may uh, may not be quite as much as I thought, but I, I definitely have everything out and watching it. So yeah, I'm lame. I usually like watching it by myself anyway. So I'm I'm more of a watch, especially now that I moved. Since I moved and I'm a little further away from a lot of my baseball buddies, I don't typically watch it with anybody else. Take the day off. I've got some bratwurst I bought last weekend. We're going to throw some on the grill, eat bratwurst, and watch baseball all day. And it's going to yeah. be a good day. Yeah, it, it makes no it makes no difference to me if I'm watching it with a hundred people or by myself. You know, it just doesn't it doesn't even matter. I'm still going to have I'm still going to watch it. So it's baseball. Can't wait. Yep. If I'm not mistaken, I think we got DeGrom and Sale right away. Or DeGrom and uh, Scherzer right away. Fire. So, yeah, that'll be awesome. I mentioned at the beginning of the show there was a story I wanted to tell. And say it here. Uh, A couple weeks ago, I talked about how I was working with my boss's boss. uh, Right there the week of base, the opening week. And I spent the day with him today. He told me something I had heard last year, but I would forgotten about, and that is that his son-in-law is actually a pitcher, a relief pitcher in the Blue Jays organization. Uh, his name is Tim Miza. He's a lefty. And when, I, when he told me that he was a relief pitcher, my first question I asked him was, is he a right-hander or a left-hander? And in the back of my head, I was thinking about this new re- baseball rule change with the left-handed relievers. And he said, well, he's a lefty. And I said, okay. And we started talking about that rule change. And he said, they've spent the spring training actually working with him on playing first base. And at first I'm like, really? They're going to try transitioning a pitcher to first base? But he told me that the plan was to actually, with this new rule implemented, if he could come in and get a batter out that they need him to get out, and if he could play first base for one batter, they could bring in a right-handed reliever and then put him right back on the mound for, for the next batter. And this is the way of possibly manipulating the system. Had you heard about this yet, Andrew? Oh, my gosh. That is crazy. <laughs> Are they sure they can do that? I mean, I, That's what I was wondering, but they must know. And he sent me an article. The Toronto Blue Jays media has already sent an article about it. I looked it up on Roto World today, and there's even that's even been mentioned in a blurb there. So, wow, I don't know, but this might be a new trend. <laughs> Man, it's I tell you what though, like, and it's a good story, like, and I, I that is interesting, but isn't it just stupid, like yes. this whole thing, like, yes. like did, if you just take a step back. I mean, it just kind of goes to what I said before. Like, and again, it's a good story and it's interesting. Like, as far as just them trying to do what they can to make it work for their team. And it's, it's smart, you know, like you just think of all the possibilities and they're just, 
doing what they can within the confines of the rules. That's fine. But it's just so stupid to me that you would have to do that because of this rule. Now you have pitchers trying to play first base. Yep. Like and just in general, a- just in general, not just him, just in general, like, yeah, that's not an attack on Tim Miza or the Blue Jays organization. They're no. they're doing what they can within the rules. This is more an attack on a baseball rule that we don't like. Yeah, that's that's really wild. Yeah, that was some nice inside information I thought I was getting, and then I ended up reading two articles on it and realizing I wasn't alone. But that said, I hadn't heard about it mentioned on the Baseball 365 group. I hadn't heard it anywhere, and I'm going to share it either sometime tonight or tomorrow after post before I post this. It's just an interesting deal to think about pitchers going to play in first base for a batter. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Yeah. That's, that's really wild. I had never, never even thought of it. I, and I actually was under the understanding that the rule was you had to be on the mound for three. I said that too. Yeah. But maybe and, it's maybe it's not like I like I mentioned before. I read those rules real quick, and that was it. So, and I told the my boss's boss who I was working with. I said, if this happens and this becomes a thing, the next thing Major League Baseball will do will say he had. They'll specify he has to pitch the three consecutive batters to get to yeah get this loophole put make it go away real quick. Yeah, then all of a sudden you'll have like some reliever out there that's valuable to trying to play first base. I can just see it now Then he gets hurt stepping on the base. And Oh my gosh. It's just like, <laughs> you know, you just think of all the possibilities. It's, it seems silly. to It's just silly. You know, it's just why. Do you remember Tim Collins for the Royals? The little lefty. Yeah. Reliever? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I remember watching a Royals game and seeing him walking up and around in of pregame next to Jonathan Broxton. And he looked like somebody that Jonathan Broxton could eat for lunch. Yeah. <laughs> he was so small. Yeah. And I'm laughing guy. thinking of a guy like that playing first base. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. All right. Let's get out of here. We've had a long podcast. I, but that said, it was the final preseason blow off with predictions. I hope you all enjoyed it. I think I, I had a lot of fun. Did you, Andrew? Yeah, and I want to thank everybody in the group, in the Baseball 365 group, for just making this entire offseason tolerable. It's yes. so long, It's so long, and it's like, you know, we all want it to be. I mean, everybody always tells me, you know, I've always heard guys say, like, they love the offseason and all that. And I always just say, the offseason is great, but it's not the season. And it's just great having this community to go to to get you through those winter months. And I really do appreciate everybody that's in there for making those days a little bit better. So thank you all. Yeah, this entire offseason, there were hardly any days where there were less than 20 posts made. There are that many conversations going on. And yeah, yeah, I appreciate all you guys. You guys have been fantastic ever since day one and especially this off season. Just keep doing what you guys are doing. We appreciate you. And we're going to keep trying to get podcasts out here, 
try to at least get one a week as we talk about baseball and what's going on and what we're seeing. It'll be different than what we've done so far because mostly up till now we've been talking about what we think could happen and now we'll be trying to talk about what we're seeing. Andrew, you watch a lot of games. My goal is to watch more this year and we'll be diving into the what we're seeing and what we're seeing when we're looking at the stats. Also, we'll try to be looking at both and give you guys feedback to help out your teams. Yep. Just a couple more days. So, Well, we'll talk to you guys again soon, and we'll have actual baseball games to talk about. Take care, everybody. Yep. Take care, guys. Thanks again for listening to the Baseball 365 podcast with Justin Hughes and Andrew McQuiston. Be sure to check the show notes for all the details on today's episode, along with quick links to Facebook and Twitter. If you have a question, a comment, or a suggestion, we would love to hear from you. You can find us at the Baseball 365 Facebook group or send an email to us, baseball365pod at gmail.com. And if you like the show, take a moment, rate us on iTunes. And once again, please join the Baseball 365 community on Facebook. That's where baseball lives 365 days a year. Baseball 365.